This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Yagera people and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Well may we say God save the Queen because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian board games. I'm Jeremy Sear, and each week I'll be joined by different guest hosts to help me discuss what's just been happening in Australian board games, what's likely to happen in Australian board games, and hopefully what we can do about Australian board games. Tonight's, tonight's guest host is returning guest host Denise Pierco and new guest host Nick Carr. Hello, Nick. Oh, hello. Welcome aboard. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a genuine pleasure to be on this podcast. I've been a big fan for a long time. Thank you. I mean, I know that you are a big fan of discussing Australian board games from a progressive perspective. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I'd love to talk more about Australian board games and nothing else. Yeah. Because everything else makes me sad. Well, but, that's but, unfortunate because I came on here to talk about politics. What she means is she's here to talk about political board games. So there's a board game we've been playing called oh, okay, uh, Mapmaker, which is about gerrymandering. And so you've got to like set up your uh, set up the boundaries of the electorates and try and sort of wedge your, your opponent's voters in in such a way that even though they may have just as many or more of the votes than you, they don't get as many seats. I don't know how they mm. have any um, parallel in the real world. It's just a board gaming type thing. No, you guys, I'm a big fan of that board game. I especially like the card where... Uh, you can make sure that poor people are working on the day that they're meant to vote. That's my favourite in, in that game. It, it, it actually works out to be quite a good board game. Uh, I was also thinking we could discuss the board, the board game idea I had, which is about taking, uh, if you're a political party, and looking at an electorate uh, and whether or not you, you can um, win government by just telling people what they want to hear or whether you should be out there trying to persuade them to your side of your, your point of view rather than just conceding you know, the existing narrative. Yeah, no. I don't think that's a board game. I think that's the real world. Quite. You keep wanting to bring this back to the real world when everybody here wants to talk about board games and not the real world because the real world is depressing and sad and full of terrors. The real game world may be depressing and full of terrors, but we're here to talk about it. Yay! Real world. No. It's, uh, everything's depressing. You're not going to let me segue this podcast and, and turn it into... Like, what about if for the next three years, instead of talking about Australian politics, we just talked about board games? No, because I think actually for the next three years, it's really important to talk about Australian politics. And especially the what we can do about it section of Australian politics. Mm. Oh, good. Look, Denise has swayed me to her side. I'm off the board games. I'm That's assuming that absolutely everybody who's listening to this has gone through the all of the political podcasts that they had in their podcast feed that they were waiting to listen to and deleted every single one of them that was recorded before the weekend. You do not want to listen to them at this point. Yeah. You don't want to hear that shit. That's depressing um, as hell now. I, I deleted the party room and then reinstalled it and then deleted it again just because deleting it once wasn't enough. It's, uh, yeah, everything's just depressing me at the moment. I do not in any way blame you. That, that is... That would be incredibly infuriating even this week. Like, was it, listening to the old episodes would be infuriating. Listening to any old Australian politics episode right now is infuriating. But 
yeah, no, they 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 are based on what they what they're doing on Twitter at the moment. Their whole story now is like, what kind of mandate uh, does Morrison have? Uh, what, what what's his what's his new what's his new cap? What are his policies going to be? And you just feel like shouting at them. Maybe you could have asked that before the election. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. That would have been very good. And stop. I really think the thing that made me the most frustrated about listening to the party room over the, the most recent weeks is just how readily they adopted. The, the coalition's language at every turn. Like, you know, they, they said yeah. death tax instead of, instead of made-up inheritance tax. They said yeah. uh, pension yeah. tax. You know, like, they just kept repeating their bullshit lines over and over again. And, and did you see how it moved? So, like, at first the ABC was would at least say, they'd call it the liberal framing of it and then say, or, and then give it a more sensible, you know, or a tax. They, they were still calling it a tax, but they would, they would at least give it a... They'd be like, that's the coalition's yeah. term for it. And then they just started casually using it all over the place. Like, no yeah. wonder people believed it. Like, every part of it was a lie. And they yeah. just... And now you talk to them... Now you hear them... Because they were complaining about the trolls that are having a go at them for just reporting things. Like, dead. you know, if that's what the coalition's saying, it's their job to report yeah. it. No, it's not your job to use misleading framing. It's your job to inform people so that they understand what it is. Yeah. How many people voting for that voting on Saturday who listened to the ABC genuinely believe that what Labor was proposing was to tax pensioners? So many. It's incredible the amount of people I know who genuinely thought that that was the case. Uh, you know, talking to even my even my grandmother who was on the pension doesn't have much money, but just that phrase was enough to scare her into constantly. Like she couldn't think much past that. You ask her about it. Oh no, no, but they're going to tax the pensioners. I'm like, no, it's absolutely. It's not going to affect you, Nan. You don't have a half a million dollars in shares, do you? Well, no. Well, then it's not going to affect you. Oh, well, it would affect you positively because they'd be able to fund an increase to the bloody pension. <laughs> That's it, and pay for a dental work and that. Yeah, no, it's. I did see something interesting. I saw a comment string earlier today, um, discussing how oh well, these people, these pensioners worked so hard to be self-funded and to not to rely on Centrelink and look at all the government's done like the Labour government is just going to increase Centrelink and that by doing that they punish the people who aren't on Centrelink and I those two things don't necessarily go together like increasing the government funded pension does not necessarily does not automatically decrease your pension or the work that you've done. Well, they certainly never frame it the other way around. Hey, we need to give this... The Liberals don't frame it as we have to give this money to the rich pensioners and keep the poor pensioners down. It's not like they were turning around saying, yes, but don't worry, pensioners, we're going to keep the pension low so that we can give you the share thing. They didn't exactly highlight that aspect, did they? No, they don't. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. They don't really need to. They just need to make people scared and then and then walk away from it. They don't need to follow up anything at all. They just make people scared and that seems to be enough. That seems to be enough to get them across the line. And it oh. seems to me that the only way to tackle that is to go in hard now in two ways. Um, the first is the one that I'm most afraid that a- the ALP won't do, which is that they will look at it and go... In fact, I shouldn't introduce this first because this is probably a bigger discussion point, but I'll just say what the two ideas are and discuss them. <laughs> um, one of them is... Uh, the the ALP are learning the lesson that from this the wrong lesson being that that they should, they did the wrong thing by being a big target they should be a small target from now on that yeah. is the wrong lesson and I'll, I want to discuss why I don't think you can win that way um, I mean obviously you can win by being a small target but only when people are really pissed off with the other other side which won't be yeah. in this case it may not even be the next one it may be six years away yeah. but if you just rely if you're just waiting for the other side to fall over you can get away with it with small target but that yeah. doesn't necessarily work for you particularly 
if the you, you have the hostility of the national media, which of course the ALP does. Yeah. Um, but the second thing, uh, the second thing is, I think the ALP needs to be. I think they do need to learn from Tony Abbott the sense of going hard and negative, and yeah. they need to. The thing was, this election they could have gone a lot harder on on Morrison. On, um, on on cost of living stuff. Like, Morrison mm. managed to turn power prices into a positive for him as the incumbent. Yeah. He managed to turn, like, keeping the pension low as a thing that pensioners voted for. They were somehow able to frame um, the thing, the, the fact that people were doing badly. Like, the, the rents, they were able to get, in fact, the, and the real estate agents were sending out to renters, if, you've, if there's a change, your rents will go up. Now, all of that is ridiculous, given that rents are skyrocketing now. Pensions yeah. are low now. Wages are low now. Energy prices are high now. Under the Liberals for the last six years. The yeah. deficit. They're like, you'll destroy the deficit. The deficit is huge now. The, the national debt is giant now. Labor did a really, really bad job of just yeah. hammering over and over again, these guys are making your life tough. These guys are screwing you. In fact, even the even the pen, even the franking credit thing, they could have simply they could switch that around. Be like, um, you're being taxed to pay this handout to the rich. You're being yeah. taxed. Everybody else is being taxed. This is the the, the shareholder tax. Oh, sorry, not shareholder tax. Because you want to. Um, this is the you, they, they needed to call it a tax because it's a tax on the rest of us. This yeah. is a this is a non shareholder tax. They like frame it immediately in all the way because far more people do badly out of the libs than do well out of them. And the Libs were able to get away because the, the Labor... And I know the Labor Party had the hostility of the Murdoch media and yeah. it's hard to get this going, but they still get interviewed. Yeah. They can still they can still shout these really short, scary bites to people, which have the added bonus in this case of being true. Yeah. And, you know, power, at, at this point, what I think the ALP needs to... has three years now to hammer. Every time somebody mentions there's a... You know, their rents are high. Or every time figures come out showing rents are high, this is under the libs, rents are high. Yeah. Every time power prices... You know, you get every six months or something when we see an update on the power prices, power prices are high under the libs. They need to hammer... You know, your your pensions are low under the libs. You are, you guys are all being screwed into the ground. Wages are low under the libs. They didn't... They didn't do a good enough job of pointing out to people how all the stuff that they're struggling from is because of the libs. Yeah. No, they really didn't. And I think actually... That's very specifically, I was just reading um, uh, Tanya Plibersek's um, statement about why she won't be contesting the Labour leadership. Yeah. And she, oh, what? she notes... Yeah, no, breaking news Monday breaking afternoon. News, Monday Jesus, afternoon, Tanya, that sucks. Tanya Plibersek will not be uh, contesting it. And a lot of what she says is that, um, you know, I understand that to win elections, Labour needs to take the Australian people with us. We need to have a serious look at our policies. We need to listen. We need to connect with people. We need to lay out our agenda. We need to explain clearly and convince. We need to campaign, not just at election time, but all the time. And we need to be relentless in taking the fight up to the Liberals, including on jobs and the economy. That's true. Um, and yeah. that's all, like, that's all these points. Like They have to fight all the time and they have to make these points all the time and they're not. Yeah, to be fair, I think that they've, been doing a good job especially during the campaign of like laying out their policy ideas and that but i think like you say jeremy they really haven't capitalized on on how badly they that people are doing right now like you say like you know if we're waiting for the the government to fall down i really feel like they've done nothing but fall down the entire last six years but apparently no one's watching everyone's looking the other way because they just seem to be able to get away with just brushing past things it's it's well, because if you're if, if people are struggling then if you can't make the incumbents own that, then the incumbents then it switches from being a, a harm a harmful thing for the incumbents and it turns to be a benefit for the incumbents because then the incumbents can say, "You struggle. You're, you're close to the line now. You can't risk any getting worse. Can't risk getting worse." Yeah. 
And if if you and that and that only works for them if people have jumped over the bit of hey you're the bastards who've done this to us. Yeah. But if well, you get past that, and of course the libs can get past that because they have the entire Murdoch press shilling for them. Yeah. Um, and I 100% do not want Labor to learn the lesson that they have to pander to the Murdoch press. They need to. I think they need to go harder the other way. They need to do what Trump does with the press. Yeah. Murdoch, with the um with everybody but the Murdoch press. They need to basically call it out, treat it like nonsense news that it is the whole way through. They need. To, they need to so that so that the only people listening to the hyperpartisans in the first place, and that everybody else goes, no, nah, fake news, fake news. Like, yeah. They they should at this point. In fact, the commercial media deserve this, and the Murdoch press in particular. Hell, fake news it. Fake, just yeah, fake news, just fake news, it. fake news. Yeah, that's it. As a strategy point of view, I think we're at that. Like, I do think that there's generally they could have gone, especially with the franking credit thing, they could have really gone harder on the benefit, just how much these, this franking credit scam benefits the rich. Like, I know people who are directors of companies who what they do with their dividends. So I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize until talking to a couple of them recently that this is, you know, that they would benefit from the franking credits as well. I thought it was just retirees. But what they do is with their div- their shares from their dividends of the company that they they direct, uh, they put it in a trust account that gets somehow held by their wife uh, who doesn't earn any money. Uh, so she's not paying tax, so they get the refund on that. So yeah, you know, and we did just start calling it a refund. Like yeah. the whole oh, yeah. the whole point of franking credits. Like None, nobody, who, nobody who votes for it really understands it unless they are just the greedy assholes who, who do understand it and just like want to keep the rule going. But most of the people yeah. who voted um, against the change don't understand what it is. And if you're like, but, but we've paid tax. Well, hang on. The company is supposed to pay tax. That's why there is a company tax yeah. rate. Yes. The only reason why franking credits were brought in by Hawke and Keating in the first place was because of the idea that shareholders in the company are the same thing, which is dubious but anyway say, mm. say you accept that and then if, if the income is then distributed to shareholders by way of dividends and then they pay tax then effectively the money got taxed on the way into the company and then get taxed as just being transferred within the company to the shareholder which is like they're trying to say that sort of thing should be taxed income and then they pay it to an employee then the employee makes income and they pay tax on that too that's why? right yeah. well because which is why it's, which is why it's a dodgy thing but anyway okay so that's the idea of double taxation that the, both the shareholder and the company shouldn't pay tax the dividend imputation credit thing, the big cash bonus, is when you don't pay any tax, the company's paid tax, and for some reason, no, it sh- you should get all of that. Yeah. Like then, the ca- then it's not a matter of double taxation. It's a matter of if you don't get the money back, there'll be one entity that pays tax, the company. Yeah. If you get the cash refund, nobody pays tax. Yeah, like, that's it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, nobody's paid it, and the, you know, the companies have dodged the tax anyway. Like they, they'd get away with not paying any tax on it at all. Like they know what they're doing. Shift it all and it's so much that. money. Yeah, you know when the libs are screaming their three hundred eighty-seven billion dollars figure, mm. fifty-seven billion dollars of that is the amount of money that we over, and that's with over ten years. Fifty-seven billion dollars of that yeah. is money we are giving to people who have huge amounts of shares, who huge get big. Yeah, and keep in mind that this is the, the, all of that money is the thirty percent um, on top of the dividend. So all yeah. of those people are getting, you know, what one hundred and fifty billion dollars plus the fifty-seven billion dollars from the taxpayer yeah. over that time. This is an extraordinary. So the idea, going back to the small target thing, so the first point, what I'm worried about, that Labor learning from this, I don't think they should go small target with Murdoch. I don't think they should turn around to him because Murdoch is never going to be their friend. No. In the same way as I don't think the ABC should ever be jumping over, bending over backwards to the Libs uh, to try and, as if they're going to be kind to them, because they're not. Yeah, they're the just going to keep kicking them and taking more money away. It seems to be, uh, they just love going to the uh, ABC to get some money back. Yeah, yeah, and, and the Murdoch press will, will always kick Labor. But but in terms of the policy ideas, and that what really scares me is like that fifty seven billion dollars. 
Labor has to stick to that policy. Like that is a fu- that is an yeah. outrageous rot. It should be ended. It shouldn't it should have ever be. brought in. Yeah. Labor should never have voted with the Libs uh, under ha- um, Howard and Costello in the first place when they when they ch- shifted what was an end to double taxation um, argument into a free handout to the to the um, upper middle class and rich. Like, yeah. what I'm scared of is that Labor takes the wrong lesson for this and goes, we'll just be small target and we won't stand for anything because that's what you get away with. And obviously that's what Morrison got away yeah. with. But the thing was that, that Morrison's doing small target now because um, they already got in and did all of the evil shit they wanted to do. And I know the companies, which was a, in, the, in the AFR this morning, like the business lobby, busy saying, oh, cool, now can we have some more, like, taking away rights from workers? Can we have some, uh, yeah. shift the industrial relations system even more in our favour? Like, none of this, nothing was mentioned before the election. Shouldn't have worked because the media should have been calling them out on you know what actually is going to do. You, everybody should be wary about this mob because they're being really hazy about what they're going to do. Yeah. But mm. my my view on the small target thing is, Labor is never going to be a smaller target on tax on refugees than the Libs. Yeah. Um, and other similar issues. The only even even just trying to sit down and hope people don't notice and say, look, we just like the libs on these things. As soon as those lines are accepted as being the, the truth, like that low tax is important, tax yeah. cuts, we must have tax cuts. And it's important, you know, so we've got to drive refugees back out to see, to stop other refugees coming. As soon as you see those arguments, you're going to lose. The only mm. way the ALP can push forward and win is to take the fight to them. Be, to, to, tax cuts are not a positive. Every tax cut is money that's coming out of public this, services. This goes back to one of the things I said in one of the podcasts before the election, I think the one we did with Brandon, uh, where we were talking about the ABC, where does your vote lie indicator. Yeah. Um, and that when it shows you how the different parties um, indicated, you know, their answers, almost all the labor answers were the somewhat, you know, they somewhat will better taxes. They somewhat will help immigration. Yeah. They'll a little bit change this. They didn't commit to anything. They didn't go full on for anything. They well, were... To be fair, in this case, they did commit to some policies, like oh, the dental from pensioners. The, yeah. the, 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 but I th- but there was a lot of, there's a lot of policies and there's a lot of places and there's a lot of opportunity. There was an Ipsos poll shortly before the election that indicated that something like 70% of Australians uh, favored an increase to New Start. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, that's an across the board poll. So, you know, had they run without this, oh, well, we'll do an investigation and yeah. you know, 18 months and they can starve in the meantime. Do your 18 month yeah. investigation, but increase New Start yeah. by $40 a week and run on that. Say, we're going to help people. We're going to help people who are the, the least, the, you know, the worst off. We're going to ensure that. And, and they're being pragmatic. And, and that's what pragmatism yeah. gets you. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't get you power. It doesn't persuade people no. like that. That the only way you persuade people is by having the courage of your convictions and argument. And, and in terms of the franking credits, like I would remind the ALP, um, when Houston lost in '93 on the GST, it's not like the Libs gave up on the idea of a consumption tax. No, no. Guess what we have now? A GST. GST. Yep. Yes. So, like, just because you lose an election whilst pushing for a policy. Maybe it takes more than one election cycle to persuade people of the, the that that's a good idea. And I mean, obviously, in the case of GST, how you know, how it didn't actually win the GST election. It was just that the Democrats uh, got in by promising to oppose it, and then Meg Lee's decided to vote for it anyway. So yeah, to be fair, uh, people didn't really ever warm to the GST. But the, I think the thing about the franking credits, I also think have, Nick, have you heard me talking about the the reverse ratchet? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Is so that... to anybody who's listening to this for the first time, who's, who's you know blocked it out. <laughs> the, the problem at the moment is that the, the, the libs get away with, with a normal ratchet, which is the, the lib ratchet is whenever you've got money, give it away in tax cuts. Then when you don't have money and it's and the economy's struggling and you you know oh god debt's going debt's going up, cut it from the poor. Yeah, and it's always in that direction. 
So we always now the only way we get back to even where we were, and I, I like the idea that if you even um, if you if you went to the election campaigning, uh, our policy is to restore the uh, revenue base to what it was in two thousand and four. Wasn't it a communist halfway through Howard's time? In fact, towards the end of Howard's time, hardly a uh, communist hellhole. You know, businesses yeah. operated in two thousand four. Let's restore it to that level because two thousand and four tax levels vastly better than they are yeah. now. Like so significantly higher. And if you were to implement those as the ALP, the Murdoch press would be screaming like this is the end of civilization. But you're like, if you turn around and said, no, this is what it was in two thousand four. We were fine. Do you remember being you know oppressed by a Soviet um, you know command economy in 2004 no it'll be fine we can go back there um the alp with the tax thing like what people don't like taxes as taxes don't seem as a positive thing the point of taxes is what you can fund with them yeah so the alp needs to do the reverse they need to use they need to do the ratchet that whenever the libs are doing one half they do the opposite so when the libs are turning around because time is economically tough and the libs are like Sorry, we have to kick the poor and starve the people on the new start. Yeah. And I'm sorry, we're just going to have to cut um, education a bit or whatever they're doing. Whenever they're doing those cuts, which people don't like, the ALP then turns around and says, instead of that, uh, we'll take $57 billion from people who are just getting huge amounts of dividends who don't need the money. Right. That's when you do it. So that it's in the frame of, instead of cuts, instead of something else. Yeah. So people are already angry about the bad thing and you've got an alternative uh, where you know obvi- taking tax from people is... Seems as a bad thing, but if it's instead of a much worse thing, then that's less hurtful, less harmful. And in reverse, when you've got money, when the libs are screaming, excellent, now let's give it all back to the rich, that's when Labor should turn around and go, instead of that, uh, dental will be on Medicare. Yeah, yep, that's it. Let's double new start. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because they can't turn, start with dental on Medicare. (laughs) They can't, the the thing is, the downside of Labor promising money is the libs can turn around and say, Oh, how are you going to pay for that? But if it's at the same time that the Libs are about to give money in tax cuts, fairly obviously, yeah. like, yeah. that's the time to do it. And I don't know why Labor doesn't do that. Basically, they need to be sitting there ready to go with the, the big spending things they want to do that provide good services and be ready to punch those the second that the Libs are going to give us give tax cuts instead. And they need to have the funding to fund those things ready to go whenever the Libs are about to do cuts. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we've really got to go hard on, on the ideas that the... the the Libs have, have done a great job, or the Conservatives over the last few years, of setting like their own sort of uh, set rules. Like their own, like everybody I talk to goes, you know, like everybody thinks just tax in general is bad. Like everyone's like just trying so hard to get out of paying any tax, or they think it's really wrong. Yeah, I think that you know, and so whenever they do hammer those tax lines, people just buy into it. And and that's the thing that Labor's doing by 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 every time the Libs promise tax cuts, Labor going, we'll do tax cuts too. You can't ever out-tax cut the libs. No, don't yeah. do that's a fool's game. You turn around game. and say, yeah. You don't, yeah, that's right. You turn around and say, no, those tax cuts are at the expense of what we could do with that money, which is this good thing. Yeah, no, that's it. And it's exactly the same with the refugees as well because it's always, you know, we're never going to be able to out-cruel the Liberal Party when it comes to how we treat asylum seekers. Yeah. And therefore, we shouldn't go for a moderately less cruel. No. Yeah. No. You, the only way you can argue it is to say, we. that's not us. Yeah. You, you need to appeal to the other side. You need to... You need to bring people with you, and you can't do that if you're just trying to be. If you've conceded most of the the um, most liberal of the lines on it, yeah, that's it. I think people keep saying that they want politicians to be, uh, you know, centrist and reasonable. I, I don't think that's what what people want at all. I think people want no. someone to go hard, but there's just no one. You know, like the the Labor Party on the left just doesn't seem to be capable of diving hard enough, going being aggressive. That's what people seem to respond to these days. Like someone who sounds like they know exactly what they're doing and they're fighting really hard for it. 
Yeah. Whereas Labor just don't seem to be putting up that front at all. Like they sort of go, oh, look, we've got some great ideas. We think this is okay. Is this okay? Is this all right with everybody that we do this? Like, oh, oh no, wait. Oh, you don't like this? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wind it back a little bit. And I think they've just got to go full ball and just keep going. Well, and it's not just these are our policies. They need to be constantly arguing why they're better for most people. Yeah. They need to, like, I mean, every line that's using it, this, this one that they're doing, like, it's Bill Shorten divided Australia and Scott Morrison's going to come and unite. Like, what? Like, and it's Scott, uh, what was it, John Howard? Like, there's, it was class warfare. He wanted to do some class warfare. What can be more class warfare than the people who are working and struggling and paying enormous rents, yeah. giving $57 billion to rich people for owning lots of shares because they don't want to have to sell any of them? Yep. Yep. They want to be able to live off them forever and die without touching them. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big point. I think they missed on that. That you know, like when when ABC on the seven thirty had that guy on the yacht. Did you see that? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's oh, true. I saw that. Such a great. How did that thing. not turn people off? Yeah, I, I have how no idea how away? that didn't work. How that didn't cut through more? Because I, I, as soon as I saw that, I just laughed and I thought that was the best thing. This guy's on a, literally in a Hawaiian shirt on a on a yacht, going, "Oh well, it didn't start with a small, you know, a boat this big, but." Whatever. This is my fifth boat. I had to work my way up. (laughs) Even that story is a good example of the ABC um, absolutely failing to inform its viewers. I'm not asking you to campaign for the Labor Party. I'm asking you to be honest with viewers about it. Like the fundamental point of of the Frankie credits of um, the idea of behind the minister in the double to get rid of double taxation that doesn't apply when people aren't paying any tax because only one entity is paying tax. The ABC didn't make that point. No. No. They didn't. They didn't make the point of that. That fifty-seven billion dollars has to come from somewhere. Yeah, and that has to come. And that's it. And he, you know, he was going, "Oh, you know, that's my my income is going to be fifteen thousand dollars a year less." It's like they need to hammer the point that for him to be receiving that income to start with off shares, he has to have a pretty huge share like share portfolio. It was like which half a could, million or something. Yeah, half a million, which he could then sell. Yeah, like to fund his. Ret- if they're going to actually self fund. There's that, that line. I, I'm sure the ABC kept calling them self-funded retirees. Yeah. How are you self-funded yep. if we're giving you $57 billion? If we're giving you 15 grand a year. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was... Yeah. Yeah. You are government funded. It's just a different government subsidy. You're not going through Centrelink for it. You're going through the ATO. Hmm. I mean, they, they, they say that was already our money because we're the same as the company. But no, it's not the same as the company. It was The company paid tax. The company is a different legal entity to you. Yeah. I know you're a shareholder, but the dividends are not... like. You got income. That was your income. You, be, the, you know, part of the problem is yeah. they're not even grateful that we give it, letting them have all this income tax free. No, the rest of us have to pay tax when we get income. They get it tax free, and then they're like, "But that means I'm not getting a, a, a tax benefit from from these these um, franking credits." All right, fine. How about we start taxing you? Then you can yeah. get the tax the franking credit. So, How about we you pay tax on your income like the rest of us do? Yeah, stop. Uh, close some of the loopholes so they can uh, not not as effectively dodge it. Well, that's it because they even resent that. That's what I was saying before with uh, some of the just the the idea that they've convinced everybody that tax is bad. They don't even like paying any tax. The people I know, the the, the director I know who was uh, you know doing that uh, the trusting with his wife, so he he got the the franking credit dividend paid. He still right. complains just about paying tax in general where you know he's quite a high income earner like with a lot of assets he's doing great but he still complains about paying the little bit of tax that he has to pay it's Yet mental that's the same person would be happy to pay a private school fee of like 20 to thirty thousand dollars a year to send a child to school but they don't want to pay that much in less than that to help support the public system yeah no because they're only prepared to spend the money well i mean that's okay that is the argument behind 
private health and private education. Mm. What we should have is a, a full, decent public health system and a public education system where it's so good that it would make no sense to go to the private health and private education system because why yeah. would you? Because you, your kids are going to be educated fine in the public system uh, just as well as they could be. And, you know, in the public, you'd be get your medical care fully covered in the public health system. Why would anybody pay for private? Yeah. And um, and then how would we fund that? We'd fund that by progressive taxation. We would The rich... The people who are currently putting the money into the private system would simply be taxed more, and that money would be then put into a public system. Yeah. And as it happens, that would be better for everybody, including them, because there's some massive economies of scale when you don't have the private industry. Check out you know, our system compared with the American system, where people are paying vastly more if they're private and getting shittier results, because yeah. um, there are some huge problems not having a single payer. But I guess the argument that that, that um, the only argument that makes sense for there even being a private education or a private health system is the argument of yeah, but the rich won't pay that tax. They've got all these tax dodgers. So the only way that you actually get the money out of them and into the system is yeah. to give them the privilege of the private health and the private education system because they'll pay for that. They'll pay as long as they're getting a privilege out of it, mm. but they yeah. won't pay just tax that they should as to be part of the community. They, they will only do it if it's giving them a, a leg up over the rest of us. Yeah. Now, I, I would say the response to that shouldn't be to pander to them with the private health and private education. The, mm. the solution to that is to properly close down all the loopholes. I mean, part of what you would do there would be not sack all of the members, the people at the ATO who are really good at tracking that stuff down, who yeah. then go off and work for the companies that they were previously, you know, the one where, like, what was it, the Libs, when Abbott came in, the Libs sacked the people in the ATO who were bringing in, like, every $6 for every one you paid them. Yeah. They were catching, the, and then they got sacked and obviously went off to work for the people that they were previously policing. Yeah. Stellar move. Yeah. yeah. So, that's and that's really hard to get that expertise back into the ATO. But the only way that you have an equitable system is to do that. And every time we give more money back in these tax cuts, they never get reversed. And they never will unless the ALP stands up and argues, not, oh, we can do tax cuts too, but argues, no, you as yeah. a, we should be happy to pay tax. Tax is not a thing you should be dodging. In fact, if you find people offering to do cash in hand, you should be pissed off with them. Yeah. Those are people who are ducking their responsibility. We're supposed to have this, you know, they, they like this idea of duty and patriotism to the country and so forth. People dudging tax. Yeah, is unpatriotic. Are, yeah. It's unpatriotic. It's a, it's, they are betraying you and everybody else around you. They are the ones that every time you hear somebody dodging tax and then you go to use a public service and you find, you know, you go to the emergency room of the hospital and there's a huge queue and you can't get to anywhere to see a doctor for two hours. Yeah. That's those dickheads. Yeah. Like yeah. that, the AOP needs to hammer that. You can't even win on we'll do tax cuts too. You can win on yeah. that their cuts to taxes are cuts to services. Exactly. And it's the idea where people say, oh, well, I don't have kids in childcare, so why should I pay for childcare workers to get paid better or a higher subsidy? Oh, those poor childcare child workers. Care. They had a brief moment um, of being like, maybe we won't be totally screwed after the election. But that's yeah. the thing. Well, I don't drive on the road outside of your house, but I'm pretty sure that part of the taxes I pay put bitumen down you yeah. Know, like, yeah, and play for the sewerage that, you know, runs through the streets. I'm not an old person, and yet at some point, one day, I will be. Mm. And at that time, too, everybody else's kids will then be working and funding my ability to survive. Never mind yeah. the impact on the environment. And that is the thing that really scares me. The one thing of this government getting back in that has terrified is like, I have two kids. and yeah. It really have, feels harder this time because we've got oh, kids. And yeah. we have this government that doesn't really believe in climate change and doesn't believe in making any real action against climate change. And we have such a finite amount of time to do it and to make real significant change in yeah. what we do. That definitely has been one of the most crushing parts of this election result is that I think, you know, now... You know, if this government, uh, you know, let run do what they want, I think it is. I think we have missed it. It might be too late. You know, like mm. things are only going to get worse. It's really scary. Well, one of the things I've seen uh, suggested about that that you can actually do 
a very small individual thing is uh, to look at your super. Look at your super and look where your super is investing. Um, oh, yeah. Because super often invests in high return things, which aren't always the most ethical, and sw- consider switching to a more ethical super. Um, and ones that pick ethical, environmentally friendly investments. And there are a lot, that, there are a few out there that, that do that and, and run those sorts of funds. It, I, that sounds like an, that is an excellent idea. Um, yeah. I would suggest that in relation to. In relation to the overall action and things like um, carbon trading and carbon prices and so forth, and dealing with the the broader problem, um, and again, I note that if you were, if you were relying on even the ABC for your news, at no point would we've ever heard anybody call out the per capita thing and be yeah. like, "Yeah, okay, so we're a very small country, but per capita we all emit a lot more." What? What? Okay, you're right. If we all just stopped emitting carbon, that wouldn't fix the the global problem. But you know what? We could then do campaign to get other countries to do it. Yeah. You know what? We can't do that when we're polluting more per capita yeah. than the rest of them. Like, yeah. we are specifically unable to do anything to change the bigger problem, which yeah. is what we need to be doing, while we are even worse than the people who are um, bigger countries. And also, yeah. of course, Australia actually goes out of its way to specifically make it even worse by actually campaigning on a global scale against action on climate change because yeah. the Liberals are completely, um, as a government, um, occu- uh, controlled and um, occupied by the fossil fuel industry. Like, it's uh, ridiculous. I mean, you would think that... a, a right-wing neoliberal commercial type party um, would be interested in businesses other than just the, the resources, the burning yeah. coal. The, but they're not. Like They've let themselves be captured by that mob to the expense of you know, lots of other industries, lots of other parts of capitalism. Yeah. Um, and they, they're just... Uh, so, yeah, so they actually make it even worse. But, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose in one sense, although it feels absolutely devastating that we're not going to be doing anything to you know, do our part and therefore be able to campaign on the world stage... Um, yeah, while Trump is in charge of the US, it yeah. ultimately probably wouldn't have made any difference anyway. Like, yes, right. it would be nice for us to be actually part of the solu- part of the solution instead of part of the problem. But it is probably also true that the problem is so huge that nobody mm. really gives a shit right now what Australia's doing because the rest of the world are such terrible actors anyway. Yeah, but I mean, we we really could. We're missing an opportunity to really cash in on. We we have all the resources we need. To really cash in on renewables, like we could, that that could be that could be our we could lead in that, in the you know that we could turn that into our new industry that we're selling this renewable energy, and uh, you know like that that might be a big enough impact on the on the world overall that it starts not to under make this model. better. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. not. And, no, it's not going to happen. That, now. Well, and more than that, it's also going to be one like which is back to how Labor needs to be from from today. You know, the Libs got what they wanted. Okay. Yeah. Um, power prices the fact that they, they're insisting on coal which is now more expensive than renewables would be mm. the, the alp has a line that they can be pushing really hard of that big power bill you just got scummo yep. that's that's thanks to scummo thank ha- hashtag thanks scummo thanks scummo. next entry, yep. next rent increase you get hashtag thanks scummo, scummo. yep well, because didn't they tell us that rents weren't going to go up and power's not going to go up exactly i mean that thing yeah. that they were sending out but the, the real estate agents were sending out to their um their tenants saying rents are going to go up if there's a change. Like, I mean, yeah. it seems a bit astonishing to me that people would have bought that and been like, but it's yeah, because they haven't been raising already. But that's right. People are terrified. They sent them out in a way deliberately designed to scare people. And because the ALP had done such a bad job of selling people that the, your, all of your cost of living struggles are because of the libs, yeah. they, the libs were able to make that next step and go, you know, we better not risk it getting worse. Yeah, I, I really don't understand how people haven't gotten on that that blows me away constantly. Just since last six years, things have been slowly getting worse and worse. You know, the economy's not doing as good. Wages haven't gone everywhere. Bills keep going up, but people haven't connected the dots and gone, 
Well, it's going worse because they're not doing their jobs. You know, they're making bad... They're, they're bad economic managers. Yeah. Maybe we should get a change. Maybe we should go for some change. No, instead they're just like... No, let's double down. No, let's see. Maybe they might they might get it right this time. It might. Labor needs to be ready to go. With, they need they need to do a better job of like the Libs obviously turn everything into a tax. So maybe yeah. the Libs need to do. The Labor Party needs to do that now and shout yeah. it. You know this this is Scummo's power tax that you're paying right now. Scummo can't turn around and say it's a Labor tax. No. Labor's not in power. Yeah. Labor needs to start shouting about Scummo's tax. Scummo yeah. Scummo's obsession with coal is why you're okay because they can do the they can both attack the. Um, struggle your face, you know, highlight the struggle and link it back to Scummo, but they, in a way that is catchy and gets people's yeah. um, attention. But the second part is that they actually can have the depth underneath that that when they get called on it, of like, how is that a Scummo tax? They can turn around and be like, Scummo's obsession with coal is why you're paying more because coal is a more expensive source of, of energy yeah. these days. Yeah. Scummo's support negative gearing is why housing prices are inflated, which is why your rents are so high because yeah. your market's full of like the ALP does actually each of these things. There is a clear... It's not just Scummo's in power and not doing anything about it. It's specifically Scummo's policies are making it worse. Yeah, yeah. Your wages are flat because of, you've got no industrial relations bargaining power because of Scummo and <laughs> the, the policy settings he's put in place. You've got... Um, in fact, and also because uh, the social security net is so terrible that employers can basically go, take it or die. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what they do every day. They don't... Uh, yeah, the employers aren't phased at all anymore. No one's got any... Any power. I know in the in the field I work in, uh, yeah, things have been completely stagnant for years. Uh, things are getting worse and worse, but no one can do anything about it. No one because we, we just have no power. Like any time you talk to your employer or anything about it, they just go, oh well, that's just how it is. You know, they don't. Yeah. There's no fear in them at all anymore. They can get away with whatever um, they want. It's interesting because I think one of the things that you get is you get people changing jobs a lot because it's the only way they can get a pay increase. Yeah. Yeah. So then you don't have job security, but then you go to apply for a credit card or a car loan or a rental property or anything like that. And they're like, well, well you've changed jobs really frequently. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to bet those institutions are now very used to that. That's, that's, yeah. that's the reality of the, the modern workforce. So the media, obviously today we're recording this on Monday afternoon, are, are talking about what kind of mandates Scummer has and, and, uh, and that the, the rest of the parliament has to respect that. Now, apart from the idea that anybody who's in parliament who wasn't campaigning with Scummo and for Scummo uh, specifically has a mandate not to support Scummo. That's why they're in Parliament and we don't have a presidential system. It's not just like Scummo wins and that he has all the power. Like we have a Parliament specifically made up of people who are not Scummo and Scummo's party and their job is not to vote with Scummo and Scummo's party. Their party, their voters did not vote for Scummo. They specifically voted for someone else. Yeah. Anyway. And it's interesting because if you look at the percentages of votes um, and the two party preferred count, according to the AEC this morning or well this afternoon, the swing is 0.51% towards uh, the coalition. So how is that a mandate for any... Like, and what are the numbers? Yeah. Like, on the current numbers, so what's the percentage? On the, on the two-party preferred, the current numbers are 50.87 towards the coalition and 49.13 So how many votes are they... Uh, votes between uh, them? 5.2 million and 5.0 million. So it's 200... Yeah, mm. it's, it's slightly it's, less than 200,000 voters yeah. in a country of 25 million. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is not a mandate. I understand why parties, if they lose an election on policy, they might then go, okay, the Australian people have, cho- have spoken... Uh, we are now changing our policy to match that because um, yeah. we, you know, we don't want to campaign against it anymore. But that so, is, in this case, it's so close. The ALP voters specifically voted not for Scummo stuff. And the ALP, and any if they happen to have the numbers in Parliament to stop it, they have a duty to stop it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's their well, whole and role. If you look at 
if you look at some of the the places still in play, Chisholm apparently has 150 votes between the two candidates right now. Oh it's wow! Hard. So they're counting they're, they're counting postal votes. Bass is very sim- similar; it has about a thousand. And apparently, Cowan in Western Australia has come back into play because it has about 1,400 votes between them. 1,400. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that are still neck and neck. It is looking like the coalition will get 77 seats. Yeah. Which is terrifying. It means I have the majority. gross. Mm-hmm. However, they're not going to do so well in the Senate. In the Senate, it's looking... Sorry. And this was potentially a very... There's a couple of things about the Senate. Um, it was a bad election because a lot of the Greens, for example, because of the double dissolution, were in the three... Um, in the in the, the they got they got they only got their three year terms. Yeah. So the next, so it was a it was one where the smaller parties had a much harder election because the last one was a double dissolution. Next time will be a much more balanced election. So the, the fact that it looks like the Greens have retained all their seats. In yeah. fact, yeah. So the Greens are going to come out with nine. Labor alone are going to come out with twenty seven. It looks like the Liberal and National Party are going to come out with thirty four. So to get a majority in the Senate, you need thirty nine votes. Yeah. Unfortunately, one nation has two, Bernardi has one, and the Centre Alliance has two. So mm. that's going to pull, to get those five votes, which are going to be the five most likely they're going to go for, Yeah, they're probably going to have to go hard to the right on something. Yeah. That's still not in half, is it? Do they have enough? 39. If they get, so they'll have 34 seats, the coalition will have 34 seats. And if they get those five, to get the five votes they needed they can either go towards trying to get some Labour people or some Greens people on their side. I thought the Green, it was likely the Greens were going to have the balance, but it sounded, so you're saying that they can get over half they without can them? Ju- they can hit 39 if they can get both One Nation, Bernardi, and the two Centre Alliance people on board for everything. Because yeah. that's the five they need. Mm. Greens will have nine, so Greens will have a good thing, but yeah. It'll be better after, in, in three years' time, but it's not enough to stop them, which is terrifying. The other thing I wanted to point to and obviously the count isn't totally finished but at the moment it looks like you know the greens got 10 percent of the vote and are going to get one out of 150 seats now one out of 150 seats is not 10 percent uh it's not even one percent um the nationals ten- have 4.9 percent of the vote and get 10 seats yeah yeah that i know i've talked before about multi-member electorates but here you can see pretty starkly how shit single member electorates are the idea that then that people who like the nationals should get see more seats in parliament than the greens just because they're all congregated together like there are only two ways wait, 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 are we supposed to go okay well i guess everybody who likes the greens should just all move into a couple of seats together. yeah just yeah. a massively coordinated move yeah. so that you know uh we've, we've got exactly the right maybe number we, yeah, what we all need to do is move rurally uh, mm. That might not be enough. No, no, we need to we need to get the Greens voters out of. Basically, what we need to do is get Greens voters out of Labor seats and into you know a couple of seats altogether, yeah. so they get actual. They, well, we should be able to do fifteen seats with ten percent. We should get fifteen yeah, nice. rather than one. Or alternatively, we could have multi-member electorates where you don't just get disenfranchised just because you happen to be living in a safe seat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is disheartening living because I, I, so I've lived in two uh, seats in the last couple of years, Groom and Wright, and they are so safe. Like the, the candidates here have done absolutely nothing in years, and Labor and the Greens run completely dead. There's not even, I think maybe I've seen a couple of signs in Groom for Labor. But they don't. I think you know, this time they. Uh, I think they they had the candidate on there last year with the. Oh, sorry, last election with the Greens, they didn't even have a candidate on the poster. They just had like just the Greens, and that was it. 
It's they that run... being said, when when I lived in Sydney, I lived in Elbows. I lived in Grainler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the liberal candidate that they run there is usually some twenty year old person. Yeah, because they don't. From they're, the party. Yeah. they're not going to win, so there's no yeah. point wasting a good candidate. Yeah, no, so no. they you know, and they get like point zero five percent. Well, not not quite that low, but they get a minor vote. That being said, the Greens always run a great campaign there. Yeah, and get a really good. Well, that's because of it vote. actually is marginal, yes. but like yeah. green, it's not like. See, yeah. they don't but, run. Um, they don't run good campaigns where I am. I, I went to a Greens rally once uh, in Toowoomba. I think, yeah, it was for the 2000, uh, yeah, last election. And um, the the candidate there, like, the rally was the saddest thing I've ever been to. Like, there was maybe 20 people there, and the Greens candidate literally spent 20 minutes reading out poetry about soil or something. And I was, uh, it, it was the most, it was so disheartening. I will, yeah. I will say something about the Greens campaign this time. Like, I'm glad they, they maintain their seats and so forth, mm. but I don't think that they can. I think that the, because when you go to the, um, what they were handing out, the Greens people at the, at the booth, they were just handing out a thing, going, I've got to do something about the climate. If you, The people who care about the climate already know that, yeah. and they're already voting for the Greens. The Greens should be going more like, we're the party that supports work, working people. Yeah. We're the party that supports you know better public services. That's what the Greens are. They, they need to rebrand themselves slightly. They, they need really to do. Their yeah. focus. So many the Greens, people I talk to just straight off, right off the Greens and go, oh, but they're just extreme. They're just nuts, aren't they? And you go, no. Have you looked at yeah. their policy? Their policy is pretty reasonable. Yeah, they, they need to be saying that. And and um, the thing of the I know Labor's blaming the Greens a bit in Queensland for doing that convoy about and Adani driving through the Queensland yeah. seats, and I think that's I mean I think that's bullshit because um, it's th- those seats those seats were were already I mean Labor screwed herself by being completely wishy washy on Adani yeah. anyway, and, and really it was trying to be have it both ways. Yeah, it really, have it should change, just yeah. go on. No. No, this is a shitty policy. Um, we accept that we might lose some seats up there and concentrated on winning the seats down in Victoria, which if they would have got them over the line, rather than trying to have it both ways with both people. Yeah. And I, I do I do agree that... How did the um, swing go to Christensen? Yeah, 11% to Christensen. Is, is, Jesus. But I, I don't think that convoy up to Adani and highlighting to the people up there... Like, uh, the, only re- the only way that that wins you votes up there is to be selling to people, we've got some better jobs for you. There's no jobs in Adani. Yeah. Not... Not you know you need to stop Adani to save the reef. Or they, 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 you can say that you're going to lose the jobs in the in the reef. You're going to lose. They need to be highlighting that Adani's just going to be you know putting a whole lot, whole lot of automated giant trucks and stuff. It's not going to be producing many jobs. Yeah. They can see there are many jobs. They need, they basically needed to decouple Adani from jobs, and they didn't do that. They and and instead it probably locked people in behind Adani. And then of course I guess in this election we have to talk about the other big thing, which was the huge amount of money that Palmer spent, not winning any seats, no. but massively getting the libs basically. Getting people who were pissed off with the libs yeah. to vote for to send that message by voting for Palmer and then redirecting the vote back to the libs. Yeah. yeah. So they managed to they got government and Palmer didn't win any seats, but he will get what he wants with a bloody mine. Yeah. And yeah. what did he want, right? Yeah. Um, well, that giant mine, well, the mine near Adani. Yeah. But what else does he want? It scares uh, me. That's probably enough. Um, <laughs> I uh, the thing the thing going back to the concept of mandate, and we're talking about how there's a very um, small thing. Um, Scott Morrison is going to keep talking about the quiet Australians, the people uh. who don't make noise, as a way to justify that he ignores people who do make noise. He ignores people that do stand up and ask for things. Oh, no, the quiet Australian voted yeah. for us. The other thing is, I honestly think he firmly believes that he's being ordained by God. Oh, the Messiah. The miracle, yeah. the greatest miracle. It's, this is terrifying. Yeah. Keep yeah. in mind, and this was not highlighted by the media before the election, that it was in there, sort of buried in... in a, do you remember seeing... About a week before the election, there was a, an article, uh, there was an interview in the previous Weekend Australian um, about uh, Scummo's promise to William, women. No. And they were making some remarks about <laughs> you know, oh, that gosh. he was going to respect women. And that's how it was reported. Do you know what wasn't reported from yeah. that? 
the fact that halfway through that, he talked about how he was going to give more religious privilege within Sikh. By the end of the yep. year, I'm going to be, I want to be giving, uh, changing things around so that uh, the religious people don't have to feel uncomfortable. Yep. He wanted the people, religious people to be able to do what they like without feeling uncomfortable. Yep. That's terrifying. Right. Did you see any coverage about that? No. no. He's going to push that through. He wants it by the end of the year. Yep. He's going to push it through and it's Particularly scary. If he gets the num- has the numbers in the Senate. Yeah. So, God, well, I mean, basically, what, is it going to be illegal to tell your, par- your, your parents you're gay now? Yeah. That makes you really just religious fundamental parents. They are definitely going to start pushing with that stuff more. Like, there's, okay, so I know, uh, I'll read this Sorry, out. That, that was your hyperbole. I know that no, they're not going to criminalise telling your parents you're gay. They will, however, of course, make it easier to just discriminate against people on the basis of being yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, uh, to be honest, I, I, if we give them enough uh, enough leash to do stuff like that, I, I think we'll be surprised with how far they'll take it. Like, So uh, this, uh, I saw a, a Facebook post from a guy I know in Toowoomba. He's very heavily involved with the Hume Ridge Church. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a big evangelical, very, very hillsongy, very... Um, oh, so uh, this guy, who I've also uh, seen previously post uh, things about homosexual people being disgusting and filthy, like, you know, really strong language on it. He's posted, Congratulations, Scott Morrison. What an incredible opportunity we have as Christians to have such a sense of freedom and favour in this new season compared to what have been, what could have been. Not that persecution stops us, but how wonderful this sense of freedom is. Let's use this time wisely to again follow the Lord's call to love on people and believe for more and more to receive his amazing love in their lives. So proud of Queensland and so proud of the church nationwide as our prayers to the Lord have again worked miracles. They, they, really, they really have seen just not getting their own way as persecution. Yeah, well, and, and that every time there's a, 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 a young man handing out for the libs uh, at the at the polling booth here in in Deakin, and and I was asking because what what makes a young person there, you know decide to stand out hand out for the liberals? And one of them said, "Oh, like small government, low taxes. I believe in those." And I'm like, "Wait, well, you don't care about the public services that are funded, <laughs> yeah. anyway." And the other one's like family values, and I'm like, well, "What do you mean by family values?" He's like, "Oh, we the liberals support strong families." And I'm like, but, are you saying that the other parties don't support strong yeah. families? What do you mean by that? And the other Liberal volunteers were like, don't talk to that man. He's, come away from it. <laughs> and and they, they, they took him away from the dangerous crank who was asking him questions. Like, they're like, no, we're, you know, we're all allowed to have our different views. You know, it's, it's, about, it's, it's okay for people to have different views. on It's an election. And I'm like, yes. And also when you're standing there handing out stuff for a political party, you would think that maybe a discussion about those yeah. views might be relevant. No, no, no. The, they don't, the, Christ, the Christian churches definitely don't want people discussing with people uh, discussing things with people outside the church. They don't want any new ideas. Uh, speaking of Facebook posts, I saw one about a person's trans friend who walked into a shop Sunday morning and was told that we don't have to serve your kind here anymore. We have that religious freedom now. Oh, this is, okay, this is similar to the tax thing, similar to Murdoch, the, how Labor needs to deal with all these things. Labor's too worried about not offending these yeah. cranks who hate gay people. And they're like, no, we don't, we're neutral on these things. You know, it's fine. Mm. We'll just but do, about do it. Labor have pretty high connections to the churches or churches as well? Is that the problem? Maybe that they won't ever go hard on that because they still have quite a bit of, you know, they're still pretty connected. But they can distinguish between the. I mean, they can't. You can't yeah. be all things to all people. I suppose that's you know, part of the problem with being a broad church party like the yeah. ALP tries to be, um, literally a broad church party. But they do need to be able to stand up and and the, just concede that they're not going to win back the votes from no. the fundamentalists who hate gay people. And they should stop trying. And they should be standing up and saying to the rest of us, they should be highlighting things like... So if they were aware and if they noticed, and presumably they did, the Weekend Australian article with Scamo talking about how he was going to give all these new powers by the end of the year. The ALP already knows that the majority of Australians don't support that crap because we just yeah. voted on the marriage equality legislation. Um, so the ALP should, be bra- should have been trumpeting that. They should have come up and said... 
Scummo doesn't have a mandate for this. What he wants to do is not give religious freedom. He wants to give privileges to one religion. Now they should be standing up to to religious people saying, this is a terrible precedent. If if Scummo gets to make the sort of laws he's talking about doing, imagine them being used by another religion against you. If he sets the precedent, that's, that's the end it. of religious freedom. What Scott Morrison is talking about ends your religious freedom. Like they need to have an attack. Yeah. They need to be able to turn around and say, yeah, this, what he's, they should be highlighting so many people who would have voted against the Liberals if they realised that that was yeah. what's on the cards. I think that was a deliberate from Scott Morrison. I think that's why he said so little. He didn't really offer up any policy during the campaign because I think he does have pretty clear ideas about what he wants to do, but he knows that that would have actually mobilized people against him. Like if they were, if he went, if he actually spoke as heavily religious as he is about what he want, what he believes and what he wants to do, I think that would have turned a lot of people. Like I I know some of the people I work with who are like traditionally liberal voters, but they're also uh, pretty strong atheists and, and, they're not a fan of religion. And I think if Morrison had have actually gone harder on what he wants, you know, in regards to, you know, uh, enforcing his beliefs on the rest of us, I think that might have turned some of them away from the Liberal Party. But because he just shut up and didn't say anything about it, he got to skate through. Well, La- Labor did try, Shorten did try the thing of saying he can't, um, when he was asked if he thought that Israel Farrell was right and gay's going yeah. to hell. And then he ducked it and Labor's like, see, he can't even say that. Yep. Um, and then he came back and, oh, he's politicising my religion as if, like, going to the, having, inviting the media in on, uh, to his church at Easter wasn't politicising yeah. his religion. Like, he is definitely politicising religion. Oh, yeah. And, and, by, and, and he, was getting, he got a lot of political capital out of the religious people campaigning for him. Yeah. The problem was that Labor didn't highlight that. In more, they just left it as, the, oh, he couldn't say that he didn't think gays would go to hell as if that was the big argument rather yeah. than what they could have said because that was after the Weekend Australian article. The Labor Party, if they'd had... The courage to do this would have done much better. Yeah. If they'd had the courage to stand up and say, this is what he's proposing to do. It's terrifying. This stuff is going to take away from your religious freedom. Yeah. He calls this religious freedom, but it's actually taking away from your religious freedom, including religious, your freedom not to be religious. But even if you are religious, he's setting up that precedent to, to, that could be used against you. Yeah. Morrison is a threat to your freedom and a threat to your religion. Like, the ALP could have hammered that. Yeah. And the only way to hammer it is to make that the thing you say. You keep saying that. Yeah. They come to you, that's what you say. Then they have to run it. The Libs have learned that lesson the ALP needs to. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, that's... Abbott capitalised on, on that beautifully, just saying the same thing over and over, the same three-word slogans, bam, 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 bam. And, you know, that's, that's all people need to hear. That's all they... That, that's what sticks in their heads. And particularly if you've got the benefit of what you're saying actually being accurate. Yeah. Anyway, I know you have to go, I and, have to go. and we're all still processing what's happened. So yeah. we'll do a follow-up probably later in the week or early next week. Yeah. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, no, uh, we th- very much enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, it was, I was very excited when I got the message asking me to join you because, uh, as I said, a big fan of this podcast. So I was very happy to come on any time. Very it. kind. Um, how can people find you if they want to find your thing? Your- uh, people can find me uh, if you just go Comedian Nick Carr at, on, on Facebook. Uh, I post a lot of stuff up there um i also have a podcast called not back by science uh where me and another comedian bromman cast we test out alternative healings and all sorts of weird crazy things just to see if there's any value in it at all so it's yeah it's it's been an interesting thing like i think it started off the the conceit of the podcast was uh that bronwyn was uh a believer in things and i was a hard skeptic but i think as we're going through it we're learning more and more that 
you know, some things, while not, you know, like we've, I've seen, going to see a lot of psychics and that, while maybe the value isn't, I don't actually think anyone's telling me my future, but just uh, connecting with another human being and, and having them, you know, talk to you and, and care about your life for half an hour is actually somewhat rewarding. So I, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting journey we've been on. It's changing a little bit as we go, but it's a really fun podcast. So okay. jump on that. We'll do. Great. Um, and Denise, Thanks, people can find you on at Denise. At Deansy on Twitter? Yeah, Deansy, D-E-N-S-E-Y. I do know your Twitter handle, darling. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case you forgot it. And if anybody wants to come and discuss any of the things that we're talking about here with us, uh, the best way to have these discussions at the moment is probably the at well may we say uh, Twitter account, but uh, everybody's welcome to have a discussion with us there. Um, otherwise, thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers. You're how the podcast keeps going. And look, even though on election night I was you know, seriously thinking, of, what's the point? <laughs> just delete the whole thing. <laughs> Like, <laughs> dig a hole in the garden, bury my head in it, pretend that uh, Australian politics is not actually a thing. And whilst I also kind of want to do a podcasting podcast instead. Anyway, we'll stick to the strict Australian politics. Um, so thank you for that. And that's and we'll keep, keep going with the podcast. Uh, so thank you, Patreon subscribers. Thank you, Alex Lum, for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. And we'll see you all uh, later in the week or early next week. See you Bye. Then. Bye.